Hi everyone, this is uh, Scott with MarTech Talk, and I am fortunate today to have with us Eric Huddleston, who is the CEO of TrendKite, which has been uh, really made its mark in the world of PR analytics uh, by, among other things, growing from uh, just a handful of employees to 250 uh, around the world in just a few years, uh, raising uh, over 40 million dollars in. Uh, in venture funding, uh, obviously has achieved a lot with great things ahead. And we, Idea Grove, was your customer number 16. So we we feel like we uh, found, got caught onto something good pretty early. So we're we're really happy to have you to, to here to talk with us today. Absolutely, really really appreciate you uh, being here and uh, and obviously appreciate you taking a, a chance on. Uh, uh, you know, a ten-person uh, company with uh, not very many customers uh, a long time ago, but I think that uh, you know, I think that the the, the growth and the, the progress is a testament to uh, not just trend guide, but more importantly, you know, kind of the trend line of uh, of, of digital and PR uh, and the, the intersection of those those two forces. Absolutely, and um, you had actually started. Um, with uh, Trinkite in the spring of 2014, which was just a couple months before we became a customer. And back then there was just a hand of four employees or so. Um, I'll tell you the reason why we chose Trinkite then, back when uh, you were so small and just starting out, you obviously had credentials of the folks that were there. I mean, uh, you had a, a, a great background uh, working, having been at Sprinkler, we had, you had some folks who had been at Meltwater which was one of the leaders in the PR analytics space at the time. And, but what we found really compelling um, was just the visual presentation of the data. Um, it, was, it, it really brought things home for our clients in a way that nothing we had done or, or had at our disposal before had been able to do. And I feel like you took that in the same way that you know you might use Tableau in, in marketing reports or other things, you you came in and it really changed the the game in terms of how we could um, approach reporting and how we could kind of focus our client's attention on it. And then you've just taken it from there with uh, you know round after round of innovation to to build to build on your offerings and, and build on the core product. So. Um, it's been a great relationship. Uh, I was telling you before we started that uh, we've done uh, several taste tests and Pepsi challenges over the years because other vendors will come in and say, hey, try us, we're cheaper, or we're better, or this or that. And you guys, you guys win every time. So we, we, we don't do those anymore because it's a, it's a waste of our time. So we're, we're definitely uh, in the category of customer that you would call promoter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about why TrendKite was founded and um, kind of the path you've taken strategically since then? Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about uh, the, the long history of PR, uh, you know, 200-year-old uh, industry, uh, you know, really, really sort of taking off uh, as a, you know, as a marketing uh, force, you know, with the invention of the telegraph uh, in the early 1800s, uh, and you know, it really didn't change for a really long time. 
you know, there are minor channel innovations with you know, television and radio and uh, then, then, then cable uh, news uh, and, you know, distribution uh, for, uh, for print that, that got more sophisticated and just started getting national magazines and those sorts of things. But all of those are, were really rounding errors. There was another force at work uh, that, you know, in, just in the recent history of, you know, the last 15 years, and that was digital. Uh, and digital profoundly uh, morphed, uh, not just PR, but, but, but the rest of, uh, of marketing uh, as well. And if you think about, uh, you know, the CMO, uh, and I, broadly speaking, uh, and how digital transformed the, the way that they, that, that they market, marketed it, really put them on, you know, kind of this drumbeat of integrated uh, marketing. And if you think of it in terms of like the peso model, paid, uh, you know, earned, shared, owned, uh, you know, digital created mass copyright, money. copyright, Jeannie Dietrich, right? We have to give uh, her credit, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, you created ma massive uh, opportunity, but, uh, but also massive complexity. So, you know, on the paid side, we got programmatic marketing, uh, and you know, that the complexity of that to manage, you know, got us app nexus and they're great exit to at and you know, blue Kai and you know, just a, a, a stack of, of, uh, DSPs, DMPs, you know, acronyms uh, out the wazoo uh, to help the marketers capitalize on it. You know, as uh, as you know, being uh, you know one of the the most successful HubSpot partners, uh, own media became incredibly uh, uh, an incredible opportunity for organizations, uh, but also really complex because now all of a sudden uh, organizations had to build and manage and own their own audience instead of renting it from, uh, from some media company. Uh, and so you've got HubSpot and, uh, and the others like Marketo or, or Elkwa or uh, exact, even Exact Target and some of the, the email management uh, uh, players. Uh, and then, you know, in 2004, 2008 uh, kind of timeframe, you started to, to get social. So all of a sudden you had shared media uh, and that was scary for the CMO because their audience started talking back to them. And so you've got, you know, companies like Sprinkler, where I came from, or, uh, uh, and, you know, that was amazing. But when you look at earn media, which is really everything from PR through influencer management, uh, there's no platform to, to deal with that complexity. Uh, and, you know, and that was really the, the mission of, of Trinkite. Tell me um, about the the different uh, things that you offer, and, and um, kind of starting with maybe what's the most popular uh, product or solution, and then maybe some of the ones that have smaller smaller customer bases. Yeah, so you can kind of think of, about it two ways. The the first way is you know what do you do in digital PR? Like what's the work you have to do? Uh, and we try to build solutions uh, to make that work easier. Uh, so one of the, the you know, higher value tasks in digital PR is all of kind of the research uh, tasks because PR really uh, provides uh, you know, the world with the, and the organization with you know, the most insight into 
the target markets uh, that they're that they're going after. So we offer a lot of research functionality uh, in uh, you know things like media monitoring uh, and analytics. Uh, we offer uh, insight into influencers with uh, the world's largest uh, influencer database, over 700 million uh, social profiles that that have some influence with some target market, uh, and uh, and then social uh, monitoring uh, and analytics that you know, lets you tap into the conversation and the topics that are resonating uh, with the target market. So we, we do a lot there. And then we help organizations to generate uh, earned media because that's actually super hard. Uh, you know, you might get your amazing TechCrunch article when you uh, get a funding round as a high tech company or you launch a product or you buy a company. Very hard to, you know, call up uh, a reporter TechCrunch and, you know, tell them you need another 10 articles this month in order to meet your sales quota. So uh, we offer tools uh, to help with uh, journalist identification and outreach uh, for your online, uh, you know, print, you know, broadcast sort of outreach. Uh, so you can think of that like a, the old media contact databases. Uh, we also offer, as I, I mentioned, the, the, the influencer database for the, the social platforms. Uh, we offer uh, a super uh, innovative uh, product to help you build your message and deliver it uh, to, uh, to those journalists. We call it StoryKit. Uh, and you actually build an interactive uh, uh, version of your story with all of the content that, that the journalist uh, is going to need to write the story. Uh, or create the earned media uh, about you. It gives like all of the the background material. It'll give the analytics uh, to that journalist. So they understand, uh, you know, what what's going to resonate with an audience uh, and what's not. And then we'll benchmark that against the journalist's other uh, stories, uh, so they know how this will probably perform relative the things that they that they normally write so you make it easier for the journalist to write the story you make it easier for him to pitch it to his editor essentially and then we offer uh capabilities uh around you know kind of the nurturing of those journalists the relationship management so running your social nurture campaigns uh your email outreach uh campaigns and then maintaining the the activities and statuses uh of your relationships with journalists and then how? Um, oh, oh, sorry, I'm good. I was just going to ask um, some of the the capabilities that you have and things you're doing now. I don't think I was even aware of because I know that you've been such a leader in 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 the monitoring space in particular. I didn't realize you developed such a, a comprehensive suite of offerings. Um, are, are you essentially going head to head against the Cision, against the 800 pound gorilla in the space, or would you say it's uh, not really. Uh, so, you know, I have a respect for, for Kevin Ackroyd, uh, the decision CEO. Uh, he ran Oracle Marketing Cloud. So, you know, obviously the, the reason he's at Cision is he looked inside, uh, you know, his, his platform at Oracle, saw where the hole was, which is the same one I described, which is there's no platform for our media. And that's where he's, you know, that's what he set out to do uh, at Cision. So I can't fault Cision uh, on their vision. 
uh, you know, the, I think the challenge uh, there is just, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, it's a, it's a communication cloud to help you pull together all the legacy tools uh, that were mainly uh, uh, invented for kind of the analog PR era, you know, the invention of the telegraph, the invention of, uh, you know, of, of television, you know, not for the digital era. And so in some ways, I'd say that, that we compete, but in other ways, you know, we focused on uh, the other end of the spectrum. Well, let's talk about database in particular, because database would be, you know, Cision's core business, and they obviously um, uh, picked up uh, Vocus, and uh, basically I think they, they just rebranded Vocus's database as, as theirs. I mean, I think uh, that was a few years ago now. Um, they picked up um, uh, PR Web. There have been other um, acquisitions over time. Um, but as you say, you know, it can be a unique challenge. Acquisition is a great way to get bigger, but it can really present challenges in the world of technology because sometimes if, if the technology or, or the model that technology is built around is a little older, it can be more difficult than starting from scratch. So looking at, looking at database in particular, um, what 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 are for someone who who maybe has and someone maybe idea growth for example <laughs> who has um, um, trend kite for uh, media monitoring um, is using Cision for database um, what are some of the advantages of Trendkite's database offering and maybe how it uh, integrates with um, the, the monitoring tools yeah absolutely um, yeah so. Uh, a, a few advantages, uh, and, and I, won't, I won't pick on Cision, but just the media contact database concept in general uh, is uh, there's a few issues with it. One is uh, finding journalists uh, is largely predicated, or journalists that, that, that move somewhere else, uh, is largely predicated on labor uh, to find. Uh, and so what you end up with is a lot of really stale data. Uh, so you know, there's, there's always the, the media monitoring joke about how many dead people you're going to find in a, a search, uh, which is morbid, but uh, unfortunately true, just because you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, it's, it's a real challenge uh, to, 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 to find them. Uh, what we did, because we were kind of born in the, in the digital era, is we literally, you know, we, we monitor probably five, five million uh, online sources, uh, and we literally watch when content gets created, uh, and then we use AI, uh, specifically uh, natural language processing, named entity extraction, to find the people that wrote that article, and then uh, we use classifier algorithms uh, and uh, fuzzy match algorithms to to glue those people back together. Uh, into you know one unified uh, person. So, you know, when you talk about finding the new journalist or the journalist that just went to another publication, uh, you know, we're doing that the second that uh, that that they write the first article or the latest article. So, it's super fresh uh, data. So that that's one thing. And you think about that. Uh, you know, I, I saw a really depressing stat. The average tenure of a journalist in New York City 
uh, is now less than one year, uh, according to Indeed. Uh, you know, that's rough. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a heartbreaking picture of the, the Washington Post that came out back in May, I think, that showed their editorial staff five years ago versus today. And they, they kind of blacked out, uh, kind of cut out all the people out of the, the picture uh, that, had, uh, that had been fired or had left. And you were left with, you know, a handful uh, people, maybe 10%. Uh, and the punchline of the article was they were publishing it because the next day there's going to be another round of layoffs. And, uh, you know, so journalism is, is under attack. And, and now that most of them are freelancers, they're, they're writing at multiple publications. That's really hard to keep track of them all. That's the first advantage. The second big advantage yep. is it's not all about journalism anymore. Uh, you know, when you get your, your placement for a client, uh, or if you're an in-house team, when you give the interview and they write the, the great story about you, uh, you know, that's just the start of a conversation that's going to take place uh, in social channels. Uh, and so the influencers in, uh, on social platforms are becoming as important or more important uh, than the journalists who create the, you know, the, the you know, high you know, readership, uh, viewership content in the first place. Uh, and as I, I said, there's over 700 million uh, social profiles that have an, an outsized level of influence over some specific target market. Now, there's, there's one more significant uh, advantage, and that's in targeting, uh, because digital has made the world incredibly uh, complicated relative to the old world. So in the old world, when you would use a media contact database, you're really talking about, you know, beats, uh, and you're talking about locations. Maybe if you're fancy, you're talking about titles, and that was that was your targeting. You know, now then, it's not enough to, to say who are the technology journalists in you know Seattle, uh, you know the Bay Area, and New York. It's you know I need to know who who cryptocurrency uh, journalists are that are writing about ICOs right now. You know. Was out a client that's about to do to 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 do one or something. You know, that's that's hard to target uh, as uh, as audiences uh, get more fragmented, uh, and so we have super advanced uh, targeting capabilities uh, so that you can get down to the exact people uh, that are going to carry your message the best. Let me ask you. Um, you know, I, and I'm obviously. Uh, <laughs> Haven't had, and I'm going to have to get a demo of this because to see how it works. But I, you know, I've worked in Vocus. I worked on all these. I worked back when it was Media Map, Media Source. You know, going back to when this was, this software was. You know, they they installed it on your computer in the mid '90s. So this is my history with these. Um, are you saying that? Is it that? Is it? Does it go to the point? Maybe I'm taking it one step farther than what you said, where rather than creating media lists you're essentially having a announcement and you can almost in real time or customize to that announcement, pull together who you need to reach out to for that specific pitch or announcement? That specific pitch or that specific announcement in that period of time uh, that, that the announcement's gonna take place, who are the best people? That's, that's absolutely right. And that so you will tell us, so we, we don't have to do a, a Boolean search in, uh, you know, the, 
do, uh, search the database and try to put it in the right keywords to find who our list should be. And then the list is such a pain to create that we just never want to change it. And we hope that it will be updated frequently enough that we never have to worry about it again. And then we have our separate list of the people that are most important that we really reach out to by hand, uh, which is like the top 20 people or so. And then everybody else, it's like they get this press release or whatever, they're on the list. Who knows if they're dead or alive? You're saying that this disrupts all that by you taking that off the hand of the of the PR practitioner and saying, here, we did our research, send it to these guys. That that's exactly right. So we'll make the we'll make that first category super easy and uh, and uh, you know optimize the impact of you know those one-off events, uh, uh, off event list, then we'll automate and manage the, the nurture program, relationship building program with, uh, with the folks in the second list. And then uh, we'll, you know, we'll help you through uh, partnerships with BusinessWire as well as uh, capabilities in our platform to then do the broad-based distribution and then measure the you know the thing that's most valuable out of that, which is the the organic pickups, so the organic coverage and reach of you know, what what would otherwise be the you know kind of just shoot it out into the night and hope you got some value out of it. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, I definitely want to learn more about that. Um, I wanted to go back to for a second. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to ask you about PR measurement, and uh, which is the world where you guys started, uh, and and ask you, you know, for a PR practitioner, this has been a challenge forever. PR practitioners, like all marketers, are, are under more and more pressure in the digital age to show measurable results, to be able to provide um, analytics that, that demonstrate your ROI and value. Um, I've, I've made the, the joke for years in presentations that the reason why most PR firms have been laggards in digital is the is that the, they don't do math. I mean, it's like uh, they PR people went into PR specifically so they wouldn't have to do math. So, um, what um, what do you think are the top two or three measurements of, of value that a PR firm can show to its clients today, and how can Trendkite help PR practitioners? surface those to show to clients. Absolutely. So we think of it like a, like a, a funnel, uh, just the same way that you would uh, in you know, digital marketing uh, and on media. And so at the top of that funnel is really brand impact. You know, how are you impacting awareness, you know, uh, mind share, reputation, uh, some of the most compelling things that, that you can do over there uh, in, in that area uh, is we make it super easy to uh, measure uh, the progress that, that, that your awareness efforts uh, are taking. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a messaging platform that, that you've launched and you want to see whether or not you're influencing uh, the use of, the, of the, the platform's key tenets or, or maybe it's you're your coining a, a new category or space or you want to see if you're you know, the share of voice that you're getting for that over time, the, the key messages 
uh, that, that you're trying to, to, to drive into the market. How, how's that doing over time competitively? So all of those sorts of things are usually a pain in the neck, but required to answer the, the brand question. And we, we automate those uh, in, you know, in seconds or minutes. And then the, the middle of that funnel, which I think is the most uh, you know, kind of uh, part, is digital impact. Uh, and the thing that, that I think PR practitioners, more than anything else, uh, don't give themselves enough credit for, and they don't measure, uh, is SEO impact. Uh, you know, you think about, you know, if I exactly HubSpot deployment, I'm obsessed over, you know, how my content is ranking on Google. Uh, and what I don't think about as much is I just got a phenomenal article written about uh, the new product uh, that we're launching. How's it ranking for the same keywords? And was I successful in the, the, the 40 pieces of my product launch in getting the, the keywords that I'm trying to rank for uh, into those super high domain authority publications? Uh, and so doing that analysis is really easy uh, in Trinkite. Uh, traffic is the next big digital uh, measurement that people ought to be doing. It's like, you know, the same way that I'm seeing what I'm getting you know, off of search or what I'm getting off of paid, you know, how much traffic am I getting from, uh, from the, the placement that, that I invested my PR labor in? Uh, and so we'll help you to measure that. And then we'll do that in a pretty innovative way. So we'll, we'll tell you, uh, if, if you think about the, the paid analogy, if I were, if, if I were the, the paid digital marketer, I'd think about click-throughs and view-throughs. We'll give you those same sort of equivalents. Uh, if you've got a backlink, that's kind of the equivalent of a, of a click-through. Uh, and we'll help you measure those. Uh, if, I like that. I like, I, like that. I like that comparison, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if they just read it, and then you know wandered off to eat a sandwich, and then came back and you know typed www.acme.com uh, in their browser and went to it. That's the equivalent of a view through. You know, you attribution window, branded searches, and and looking at, at branded searches and how they've been impacted by an announcement. Yeah, I think a lot of putting putting those connecting those dots. Uh, agencies typically don't do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you're helping them do that. Let me ask you, I, I, what about, for example, you know, I think about things like in the media. One of the huge trends that I know you've seen in PR has been, particularly when you get out of the, the huge companies and more into mid-market and smaller companies in B2B tech, for example, which is our space, more and more of the opportunities are byline uh, opportunities. They don't have staffs anymore. So as opposed to it used to be, you know, they'll do a 15-minute interview with the, your client CEO. They'll publish a story. Everybody's happy. Now the publication might be interested, but they say, yeah, that's interesting. Will you write something on that? So that's a much bigger commitment on your end and the client end. It's more costly. Um, and you get into this period, where this thing where you really have to evaluate uh, in a world where I could get a lot of byline opportunities where, where they should be. And I thought, and, you know, the way tr the, uh, PR firms have traditionally done this by saying, oh, the client's heard of the publication, people seem to like it, it has, the, they'll tell you how many uh, views they get in a month or, or, or different measures of what their total audience is. Um, it seems to me that measures like trust flow, the main authority, those kind of measures that come out of uh, 
you know, SEO land um, would seem to be uh, as good or better gauge of whether I should spend my time crafting a byline for uh, this publication versus that one. I know Majestic with with their with their trust flow is doing that by niche now, different types of businesses. And I thought, gosh, this has got to this has ultimately got to completely meld together, doesn't it? You're, you are exactly right. We could take the entire conversation we had about media lists and apply it to publication lists because you have the exact same uh, potential for, uh, for, for disrupting uh, all of that. We, we look at a few things. You, you talk about trust flow. You know, one of the things that we look at isn't just you know, the demographics that the, the, you know, the, the publisher will give you about the people that, uh, that read their stories. And you can see those in, in, in some, some tools uh, in the market. You know, we actually look at the demographics of the audience that those stories resonate with. So you can really start to get some really interesting data about how to prioritize the publications that, uh, that you wanna get your byline in. And then in the same way, you know, you broke down exactly, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, media contacts, you had the exact right view of the, you know, kind of the three, uh, the three buckets to think about it in, in terms of, you know, the targeted outreach and then the, you know, the, the, the medium touch nurture and then, you know, the, the broad based distribution. In the same way in publications, um, you know, you have a, uh, a very, a very similar, uh, a very similar analogy, and in, in that middle bucket where you know, you know you have the put a bunch of work in and get a get a byline, uh, and you know there's a middle bucket where uh, you you still they're still going to write the story, but uh, you make it super easy for them to write the story, so you take on more of the work, and that was really one of the main use cases for our story kit. Uh, to try to create a middle ground b between the journalist who's you know who isn't going to invest four hours unless it's a great story uh, in you know in writing it themselves, and then the other end of the spectrum where you know you're gonna you're gonna take on all the time and and build the byline. There's a there's a really happy medium uh, that our story kit product kind of fills and enables. That's that's terrific. Um... I want to learn more about that one too, because that's not one that we've taken advantage of yet either. Um, I'm going to let you go, but last question I, I mentioned before, I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, I asked Eliana Stareva of HubSpot, who you, who Trendkite recently did a, a webinar with, um, and she did her, my last MarTech talk was with her. Um, she's a, a PR practitioner who's been uh, thinking about ways to apply inbound processes to, uh, in, in PR from um, thinking about media personas through the same lens that you think about buyer personas and all, and all the way through. Um, do you feel, I, I've been told you about a dream I've had for some time is that tools like Trinkite would find a way to integrate with HubSpot. So an agency like ours, which is half PR and half digital and a platinum HubSpot partner could have one place to go to to work with clients and it also would help us to tell that integrated story to our clients so you mentioned that you've kind of experimented with but to this point there hasn't been a lot of uptake on it or, or what do you think that what do you think the future opportunity there might be no I, you know one of the one of the mandates 
of uh, you know our product strategy uh, is uh, is Martech integration, and honestly, that's because the CMO has been you know on this integrated marketing march for years and years and years now, and so vendors uh, uh, in the software world have to be on that same train because for the very reasons that, that, that I'm, I'm sure drive uh, your desire to, uh, to have integration. Uh, and so we have uh, a list of, uh, of MarTech uh, solutions we integrate with from HubSpot to, uh, you know, to the, the, the Adobe's of the world or, or the Marketo's uh, or the, uh, you know, the Google Analytics. Like, you know, you go through uh, those vendors uh, and, you know, part of that is just because you need the data flowing between those systems uh, to, to, to really do good attribution. Uh, but then it's also because so many digital marketing use cases are now uh, crossover use cases. So, for example, you know, one of the best sources for content uh, for, you know, your, your own blog uh, or your social feeds is the, the thought leadership aligned uh, earned media content uh, that, that you have nothing about. And in fact, isn't even, it doesn't even mention you. They just have the same worldview. So you can actually then forklift the authority that you get from somebody else's amazing uh, content uh, and you know, wrap uh, around it uh, uh, so that you get, you know, kind of the halo effect. So can I, I'm imagining a, a dream world where all of these um, features and tools uh, that you're describing that could help our PR team are, are somehow magically uh, uh, tied together with um, all the things that we're doing with uh, on the inbound marketing side uh, with HubSpot. Is that, do you, do you think big picture, um, something like that is in, is in our future? Or do you think um, some of the things, a media list versus a CRM and so forth, that these things are just too different? Uh, I think it, at least at Trink Heights, you know, we're, we're less than a year away from Nirvana. And we haven't even talked about paid, for example, uh, which is the last leg of that, of that stool, uh, which has just as much opportunity for, for integration and innovation. Well, that's exciting. Well, I guess we're going to have to do a follow-up uh, podcast then uh, when, when we reach Nirvana. <laughs> Sounds great. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's great to, to talk with you and all the things that you guys are working on, and, and we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you so much. Take care.